0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and today is the day, my friends. Today, my nine month long self-assured motherhood program that only opens for enrollment once a year is open for enrollment. And I want you to join. If you already know that you are ready to join, you've been waiting for this day, then please make my day by getting yourself signed up right now at 3and30podcast.comslash Sam. And Sam stands for Self Assured Motherhood, by the way. If you're interested in the program, but you need more details and a sneak peek of the content before you commit, then sign up for one of the free classes I will be teaching live on Zoom over the next week or so. This class is all about how to be a less angry mom, and I will introduce you to three of the key principles of self-assured motherhood that will dramatically decrease your anger and channel it in positive, constructive ways in your life. This class will have tons of standalone value, so even if you're not interested in joining the SAM program, Get yourself signed up for this class at 3 30 podcastcom slash free class. You're going to hear so much more about the program in today's episode, but in the meantime, those two important links are 3 30 podcastcom slash Sam, if you're already ready to sign up, and 3 30 podcastcom slash free class if you need more of a sneak peek before you commit. These preview classes will be taught live online over the next 10 days, so don't wait. Go to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash free class to reserve your seat. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm, and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. For me, becoming a mom was both the most joyful and the most confusing time of my life. In some ways, being responsible for this new little person made me feel more like myself than anything I had ever experienced. And in other ways, who was this new version of me? I often felt completely lost and unmoored, unable to identify what I wanted and needed anymore as I spent all of my energy taking care of my son. I wish I could say that that feeling faded as he got a bit older, but as his emotional needs increased and as another baby joined our family a few years later, I got deeper and deeper into motherhood and in some ways farther and farther away from a sense of myself. That's when I started doing deep soul work through therapy and journaling and reading tons of books. And years later, That led to my creation of the Self-Assured Motherhood Program, or SAM as I call it for short. I am passionate about helping women feel like themselves within their motherhood, their best selves. And in today's episode, you'll get to hear from a mom who has taken the SAM program twice, two years in a row, and has developed a deep and resonant understanding of who she is and what she brings to her family. It was so inspiring for me to talk to her about some of her biggest takeaways from the SAM program and lessons she hopes all women can learn so that they can find more trust in themselves. Alicia McKean is the mother of four girls, ranging in age from 8 years old to 8 weeks old. She has worked as a sonographer, most recently in obstetrics, doing anatomy and growth ultrasounds on babies. Currently, however, she is thoroughly content being a stay-at-home mom to her four little women, as she affectionately calls them, and she keeps plenty busy with her kids, church, school, and community. She loves to fill her minimal free time exercising, reading, writing, connecting with friends and family, organizing her life, and trying new restaurants and recipes. I can't wait for you to hear from Alicia about three takeaways for feeling like yourself in motherhood. So with no further ado, let's dive in. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30
1: today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here to join this podcast that I love.
0: Well, you are an alumni of my Self-Assured Motherhood program, and I reached out to all of the alumni and asked if anybody had experiences that they would be interested in sharing on the show, and you submitted a few that I just loved reading about, and so that's what we're going to talk through today. You chose kind of an experience for each one of our three pillars of Self-Assured Motherhood, so that's kind of our framework of the discussion, and we'll just jump right into those. So the first pillar of Self-Assured Motherhood is know yourself. And I would love to hear your experience or takeaway of how you applied the pillar of know yourself to become a happier, more fulfilled mother.
1: Yeah. So this probably was the unit that I delved in the deepest and worked the hardest on. When I think back on my experience in the course, I think of these first units that you introduced, which were learning about my values and my strengths specifically and I worked really hard to define what those values were and really explored maybe what my strengths were. I know as part of the course, we reached out to family and friends and they helped us figure out what our strengths were and everything. But I don't think I realized how clearly defined it all was by the end of the course until I'd had this conversation with my sister a few weeks back. My sister's so busy with so many different things, training for a marathon, has three little kids, you know, running a household. She has a job. She has all this stuff. And she was saying, look, I'm trying to get all of these things done and I feel like my day will be successful if I spend, you know, this many hours on my kids or this many hours working and this many hours on housework. And I just chimed in and was like kind of joking. I mean, I just said, yeah, a successful day for me is just like I exercise, I connect with God, I connect with my children and I do a chore and didn't think anything of it until later. She was like, that was really insightful. That was really helpful, the way that you clearly defined a successful day for you. And I talked to her about it again before I submitted this to the podcast and said, can I talk about you on the podcast? And Mm -hmm. said, yes, I've been thinking about the advice you gave me every single day. And when I went back and reflected, I was like, the only reason I could define a successful day like that is because in the course, I learned what I value And what my strengths are. And when I put those two together, I just knew how to spend my time and what things could fall by the wayside. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I just love hearing about this experience because I do think that success is such a nebulous concept for so many of us. We are running, 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 and we don't even really know what we're running towards. All we know is that we don't ever feel successful. Like it never feels like enough. And so to be able to sit down and define what are my essentials, what does a successful day look like for me? And of course, there's going to be a lot of other things you get done every day, but you have sort of that short list of these are the things that make me feel like me. And as long as I'm getting these done, I can call myself and feel like a success. I can know that I'm enough. I can know that I'm doing what benefits my soul. We have a whole unit in the course on soul care, and it seems like you've really woven that in here as well with your definition of a successful day. And so I was just really impressed that not only had you gotten it so concrete for yourself, but that you were able to share it with another mother who needed that kind of insight and help when she was feeling overwhelmed.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think my sister's made some choices, too. I mean, my family is probably a little annoyed, I feel like, in discussions all our discussions and my book clubs and stuff, I'm always like, oh, this is something from the motherhood course. This is something I learned from the motherhood course. I've done it twice now. It's helped me for a couple of years now to just think mm-hmm. through things so much more clearly and yes, feel more confident in who I am in my own motherhood and the things that matter to me the things that feed my soul, the things that I'm good at. So my takeaway for this section is to define a successful day. And that is going to look different for everybody based on the things that you value and you know what your strengths are and also the stage of life you're in. There are going to be stages of life where you cannot expect to get as much done. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I have four little kids. And if I can fit in these four things, exercise, scripture study, my one chore, I've got an alliterative chore chart. I have one chore to remember what I'm supposed to do every day and connecting with my kids. If I do those four things, when I lay my head down at night, I feel that my day's been successful. And I feel like if you have several successful days in a row, it's going to lead to a successful, fulfilling life as a mother.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And the defining a successful day can't be a list you find on Pinterest. Of another woman's successful day, you have to know yourself when you are defining that successful day. And before we move on, I know everybody listening just got when you said I have an alliterative chore chart. They're like, "What?" They perked up. What does that mean? Tell us about your alliterative chore chart, not because we're all going to go and copy it because we need to know ourselves first, right, right, but just to give us an idea or a starting place if women are interested in that.
1: I do know you love alliteration. I do too. Yeah, it, it just works for me because I can remember it. I don't have to write it down. So I've just set up a system for myself where Monday I meal plan. Tuesday I do toilets and trash. So that's two chores. But if I do one of them, I'm happy with myself. Wednesday, when I was working, Wednesday was my work day. Then when I stepped away from work, I focused on my writing. We'll get to that in a minute. And so it was my writing day. And now that I have a newborn and I'm not writing as much, Wednesday is my whatever needs to be done, like the most pressing mm. issue. Thursday is thrift or throw away. I go through papers or shoes or my girl's clothes or something that needs to be sorted through. And then Friday, I fold laundry and I do the floors if I'm feeling really ambitious. So. If I do one of those chores every day, that helps me feel like I did my chore. I can do something else now.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. You were speaking to my heart with alliteration.
1: <laughs> Let's take a quick break
0: to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Daily Harvest, a meal delivery service that provides sustainably sourced, chef-crafted food built on fruits and vegetables. As stressful as it can be to get the kids out the door into school on time, I can rest easy knowing I have a quiet house and a Daily Harvest breakfast to look forward to after dropping them off. I love the strawberry and peach smoothie, and they also have delicious oats called forager bowls. My favorite flavor so far is the cinnamon and banana bowl. I love that it includes butternut squash, which kind of scared me at first, but actually tastes delicious. Daily Harvest has lots of easy-to-prep options, including soups and grains that make for great lunches and dinners. And I always appreciate how it helps with the mental load. I skip the shopping, chopping, and post-cooking cleanup. By working directly with farmers, Daily Harvest secures the best ingredients and freezes them at peak ripeness to lock in that always-in-season taste and just-picked nutrition. What you see is what you eat. Take the stress out of your mornings with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash 3in30 to get up to $65 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash 3 and 30 for up to $65 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash 3 and 30 This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In today's episode, the guest and I talk about how important it is to know yourself and honor your needs as a mother. I am so passionate about this because I know what it's like to feel consumed by motherhood. About 10 years ago, as the demands of taking care of my small children increased, It became harder and harder for me to know how to take care of myself and anxious thoughts and shame spirals became more regular. That's when I decided to start counseling and it has changed my life in uncountable ways. I am a much more emotionally resilient mother and person thanks to therapy. If you've ever thought of trying therapy, I highly recommend starting with BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And don't forget you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It has helped me so much to have a trusted place to talk through my jumbled thoughts as I've worked with various counselors throughout the past decade. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com 3 30 So what is your next takeaway?
1: So my second takeaway comes from the second unit of the program, which is about honor your needs. And the takeaway is take time to pursue your purpose.
0: And let's just start by setting kind of a framework for everyone, because I think it's unusual for women to think about their purpose under honor your needs. And actually, when I was laying out the course, I initially had pursue your purpose under the first section of Know Yourself. And the more I thought about it, I thought, no, I truly believe that pursuing your purpose is a core need, that if you aren't doing it, you will start to wither inside. You will feel lost and unmoored. And so I moved it out of know yourself into honor your needs, because as women, if we're not honoring our purpose, we are not going to feel fulfilled in our lives. So I want to kind of set that stage. And then I'd love to hear how you honored your needs by taking time to pursue your purpose.
1: Yeah. Along with what you just said, I think that it's essential for us to figure out what feels purposeful. I think Mm. that's also, it's a disservice to our children if we don't know what feels purposeful to us because we are unfulfilled. And when we are unfulfilled, how can we then give from that feeling of Mm -hmm. unfulfillment the activity or like the homework that was part of that section that really stood out to me that helped me kind of figure out what I feel is my purpose is a timeline where we go through our lives, major life events, turning points, things that really stood out to us. And something that came up for me continually was writing, something that I've been good at since I was young, something that brought me a lot of joy, something I've wanted to work at, that I've been complimented on, that I think about a lot. It stood out in a lot of different ways. And so I think this was hard in the course for a lot of women to, I know we've talked about it a lot, like narrow it down to one thing. And... I think as long as we experiment with, if this is my purpose, then how is it going to make me feel? What is it going to look like in this stage of life? How can I use it, most importantly, to bless other people, to serve other people? Because I remember that that was kind of part of the definition of a life's purpose was that it served other people. It was outward facing. Hmm.
0: So as you did this timeline of your life, which is the activity we do in the course, you noticed a theme of writing has always been really important to me and maybe writing has something to do with my life's purpose. But we really emphasize that you can live your purpose and need to be living your purpose in every season. That doesn't mean it has to be professional. It just means that in whatever season of life you're in, you think, well, I know that I have a purpose for writing and a love for writing, and how can I weave it in now? What can I do? How can I use it? And there's all sorts of purposes, like It might be connection. And we have a woman in the course who did this and found that her purpose is helping others with their finances. My sister found that hers had to do with music and how can she weave that in at every phase and season of her life? So for you specifically, once you sort of uncovered that writing was part of your life's purpose, what did you do with that information?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I've tried to implement it in really small ways. Like you said, it's nothing professional. One thing that I did try that was newer for me is I stepped away from work for a while when I knew I was pregnant and had other things happening in my life. And I asked my husband to purchase a children's book writing course for me to learn how to write children's books. And it was with Julia Donaldson. She's the author of The Gruffalo and other phenomenal books. Uh And I decided to spend my time learning about writing children's books because one thing that I absolutely love in addition to writing is reading with my children. We get 100 or more library books almost every time we go. They all have library cards with a max of 50 and we just, they're library books all over my house. Yes, something's always overdue.
0: (laughs) I can't keep track of like four library books. That is insane. That's amazing. You have have that many. We have like
1: three bins in our living room. They're all for library books. And I'm just constantly driving by the library when I take my kids to school to return them. So yeah, I'm always like reading and analyzing children's books. Like, This one's not that good. I could write something better than this. I like the story. Why do I like this story? What makes this book good? Why is it engaging for children and adults? So I wanted to learn all about writing children's books. So the time that I was working, which used to be on Wednesdays, I set aside to write. And I took my youngest daughter to a daycare for a couple hours where I would let her stay at home and play quietly. And I would just work through the course. And it was so Mm. fulfilling to me to be learning Mm. something completely different from what I was doing for work. And to be exercising new muscles and practicing honing a new skill. And so I did finally come up with a couple drafts for these children's books that I'm hoping to submit. I've got some connections and people I've been talking to about next steps now that I have rough drafts and spreads. Something else I did was I wrote a short article for a magazine that I read. It was kind of a personal piece about my grandma who's passed away, which I hope that that benefits and serves my whole family for them to read that and come to know her through my eyes. And so those are a few Mm. small ways in which I feel like I'm living out my purpose while my kids are young and at home. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm just sitting here smiling as you're talking about carving out the time and allowing yourself the time and not feeling guilty about it. Not saying, well, this is just an extra, this is stupid, or why would I take my daughter to daycare for a few hours so that I could do this thing that's just for me that, quote, doesn't make money because purpose doesn't have to be about making money. It can be about filling your soul and doing the things that make you feel like you. And I'm so proud of you and impressed that you had the self-confidence, the self-assurance, to take that step and say, I'm worth spending money on this course and spending the time on this course. That's huge.
1: Thank you. Appreciate the encouragement. My daughter likes to tell her friends now that I'm a children's book author. And I'm like, no, 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 let's not. (laughs) Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm practicing writing, but she's excited. And also,
0: though, Alicia, I would push back on that a little bit. I had a guest on the podcast. We recently re-aired her episode, Elizabeth Berglund. She's my childhood best friend. And she's an artist and a children's book illustrator and one of her takeaways was she said you are legitimate when you say you are awesome. and like she was a stay-at-home mom and she started painting and being an artist and she said I started telling people I am an artist well wow. because she's like I don't have to be paid to count as an artist it would be okay for you to say I am a writer you Fair are point. a writer even That's if true, you're I'm not writing. Yeah. Published or anything else. So your daughter's right. She can see in you. All right. You are a children's book author.
1: Yeah. As my husband (laughs) says about her, she's often wrong, but never in doubt. This time she's she's right and she's not doubting it. (laughs) I love that. This time I'm wrong.
0: (laughs) And then what is your final takeaway, which has to do with our third pillar, love your people?
1: Yeah, my final takeaway for love your people is eliminate unnecessary expectations. And so that's for yourselves and your children.
0: Okay, tell us more about that.
1: So this comes primarily from the Declutter Your Motherhood workshop that you Mm -hmm. um, put out. I love that. That really resonated with me. And I did a lot of work on that. And the focus of that Declutter Your Motherhood is getting rid of all of the shoulds we feel as moms, things that we should or shouldn't be doing other people's expectations of us. And so as I thought through those and came to figure out the things I value, the things I'm good at, the things that matter to me, I was able to let go of some of the expectations that others had and focus on the things that mattered to me and to my kids and the way that I want a mother. Mm.
0: And that is powerful. And it does make it so that you can love your children better when you are no longer placing outside expectations on them of how they should behave and how you should behave in relation to them and all of that. It's like when you fully accept yourself and them, that's when you can finally start to really love them well. And I would love to hear an example of how you've done that in your life.
1: For sure. And I think some of these expectations come from ourselves as well. Like they're not just from other people, but we're just, why do I expect this of myself? Why do I think a mother needs to be this way? And when my children go to church every Sunday, for the longest time, I was like, A, you need to be clean. B, this is my day to pick what you wear. C, this is my day to pick how I do your hair. And I have four girls. There's a lot of hair that needs to be done on Sunday morning and a lot of opinions about style. And I just thought, where did I get this idea from that my kids need to look a certain way to go to church? And maybe that does come from church itself. But... Nobody told me that my kids need to come to church with their hair in braids or curled or anything. And so it wasn't worth the fight to me. And I decided, Mm -hmm. you know what, I want them to express themselves all days, even on Sundays. And what matters to me is that they're clean. So if they take a shower or a bath Saturday night or Sunday morning, I don't care if they show up to church, which they do, wearing (laughs) Mardi Gras beads, Minnie Mouse sunglasses. I mean, there are limits, but I just let them... Do them. And then there's no fighting Sunday mornings about me picking their hairstyle or their clothes. And then a second one, which kind of just developed this year with my girls that are asking for birthday parties every single year. And I haven't decided what seems reasonable to me. Uh, A lot of their friends are having extravagant, really fun birthday parties every year, it seems. And I know that if I were to put on a birthday party like that for all of my kids every year, I would be stressed. And to me, that's not a fun birthday party. If your mom is stressed out, she's frustrated, Mm -hmm. she's angry. So I thought, what's fun for them, but not stressful for me? I created what I call the extended play date. So instead of one friend for a couple hours, they get in by a couple friends for like four hours and they have a special treat and they kind of design the play date. They do a craft or they watch a movie or they play outside so that I'm not structuring a birthday party. So I'm not spending a ton of money on all of the decorations and activities for a birthday party. So I'm not hosting 13 kids. We're 23 mm. kids or however these birthday parties are so big and so elaborate that I just thought this works for me and it still feels like a treat for my child because their friends come with gifts toe and they get a play date unlike their typical play date. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was another birthday party expectation that I kind of debunked for myself.
0: Yeah, your d- girls probably love having a say in planning what they're going to do. And I love the extended play date idea. What I love about these examples, Alicia, is that you have figured out what matters to you and let go of the rest. And another mom may love putting on elaborate birthday parties for her kids.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is it because I truly love it? If so, let's do it. If not, I can do it a different way. Like, decluttering those shoulds from my life helps me love myself and my people better by showing up as me within my motherhood. I think of my mom was incredible at planning birthday parties. And this was like before Pinterest. But I think her strengths were creativity. She had a value for it. So we're going back to those first know yourself units again. And so this was like an exercise in her values and strengths every year that she was like, okay, I get to put together a super creative, really fun birthday party for my girls. And it was like the best for her. But I have found that I wanted to be just like my mom yeah, and still do (laughs) (laughs) want to be just like my mom, but I'm not my mom. And so I think I had high expectations for myself around birthday parties because I had seen my mom do it so well and I loved that my mom did it for me. And so I thought, well, that's what a quote, good mom does. yeah. And I've had to unpack that like, My mom was a good mom in the ways that fit her, and I can be a good mom in the ways that fit me. And I do still occasionally throw an elaborate birthday party and channel my inner Sally Westover. (laughs) But other years, we just do something low key, and that's okay, too. So as women are listening to this, if you love doing your girl's hair and that's like your favorite thing, that's wonderful. Ask yourself, what do I love and value and build a mom life around that is really the takeaway that I hear you communicating, Alicia. Is that right?
1: For sure. And the thing is, I do love being creative and I do love doing their hair. And there are times and places that I will spend time on their hair and I will spend time being creative. But because my top prevailing value, governing value, as you call them, is connection. If anything disconnects me from my kids, I've learned to drop it. So if I'm going to fight with them on a Sunday because there is not enough time to do all their hair, to me, it's a disconnect and I can't feel close to them. I don't want to be fighting with them as I walk out the door to church. If Planning a stressful birthday party means that I don't feel connected with them. It doesn't matter how much time and energy and creativity I put into it because I'm now not connected to my child. I'm stressed over their birthday party. Mm,
0: That's so beautiful that you go back to values on that. And like with doing hair, it could be incredibly connective to sit and do your child's hair not on Sunday morning when you're stressed out trying to get everybody out the door. So you just kind of have to figure out. I think the prevailing question, the underlying question for all of us can be, why am I doing what I'm doing and do I want to do it? Am I choosing it because it's an activity that fits me, that brings me joy, that makes me feel like myself? If so, I'm going to keep doing it. If not, I can tweak it or I can let it go. I can do it my own way. For sure. I feel like that's at the heart of all my work. Like that's at the heart of the DeCloud Your Motherhood workshop. That's at the heart of the Self-Assured Motherhood program. And I really feel like they build. And that's because I spent so many years as a young mom living by the shoulds. And I was miserable. I was so unhappy and I wasn't myself. And it was when I finally stepped into accepting who I truly am, that I became a happy, fulfilled mother. And my kids have only been blessed because of that.
1: For sure. And it's so liberating to realize that, to recognize it and then let it go.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we end, Alicia, I'm sort of putting you on the spot. I would just love to ask you a little bit about your experience with the Self-Assured Motherhood Program and your advice for any women if they're thinking about it or considering joining.
1: Sure. I will say probably the two biggest reasons people will say for not joining the courses is they don't have the time and they don't have the money. So in terms of the money, I would say it is worth it. I mean, it is absolutely Mm -hmm. worth it if you feel anything like us. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, then you do. That motherhood is so important and that it can be and should be and you want it to be so fulfilling. And so something you said that kind of convinced me is just like invest in yourself, right? You would invest in your children and your spouse and in their well-being and their success. Like invest in yours, too. And I Mm -hmm. do feel like it was worth the money that we spent on the course. And in terms of time, both times I took it, the classes met the first time when I was at work. And the second time, it was just in the middle of the day, which could have worked, but usually I was doing something else. And so the fact that you had a private podcast feed was Mm. the only way I was able to get through it because I regularly go outside. I mean, I value exercising and moving. And so I get out six days a week and I would listen to your podcast feed as I ran and as I walked and just whenever I had time alone and was able to get through the course twice that way because I could Mm. access the uh, podcast episodes on my time.
0: Yeah, well, it has been amazing to see the progress that you've made, the change that you've made Do you feel like you are a more self-assured mother as a result of the work that you've done in the program?
1: 100%. This just has guided me so much in everyday decisions and big and little decisions. I look back to before the course and I'm like, I wonder what was I focusing on and what did a successful day look like for me two years ago? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on the work you've done and the progress you've made and doing it on your own terms, on your own timeline when you're out for those runs. I love thinking about that. And this has been such an impactful conversation. Thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It was really fun.
0: What a treat it was for me to talk to Alicia and to hear some of the principles that resonated most with her from the Self-Assured Motherhood program. I love that she based her three takeaways around the three pillars of the program, know yourself, honor your needs, and love your people. By way of recap, Alicia's three takeaways are, first, know yourself by defining a successful day for you based on your unique values and strengths. In motherhood, it's easy to feel like we are never doing enough. We have constant and ever-changing demands on our time and attention. And just when we get one thing crossed off our to-do list, another one is added. So how can we gauge if we've had a successful day, or if we are making, quote, enough progress in our lives? One way to do that is to investigate what simple daily habits make you feel like you. And then do your best to make sure that that handful of key activities is happening most days. You won't be able to find that list on Pinterest. It will have to come from your own experience getting to know yourself and what you value and need. Takeaway number two, honor your needs by taking time to pursue your purpose. Pursuing your purpose is a core need. In my experience, you will start to wither inside if you don't bring your unique purpose, the thing that makes you feel alive and always has since childhood into every season of your life. And remember, this can be in small and simple ways that fit your busy schedule right now. I love that Alicia prioritized her purpose of connecting with others through writing when she invested in an online writing course and prioritized the time to be able to go through it. If you're not sure what your purpose is, think about something that has brought you joy since you were very young and also join Self-Assured Motherhood because we devote an entire month to helping you uncover your purpose and figure out how to pursue it in your current season. And our third and final takeaway, love your people by eliminating unnecessary expectations of yourself and of them. We all carry around a truckload of shoulds for what we think a good mom does. But when those expectations don't actually fit us, they can become burdensome and can actually get in the way of us loving our people well. I love that Alicia reminded us that if we start to feel stressed out by a certain activity within our motherhood role, we can take that as a reminder to stop and ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Do I actually value this or do I just think I should value this? Tapping back into our unique values and strengths and the values and strengths of our children leads to so much more happiness and contentment for the whole family. Well, that's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed hearing from one of my Sam alumni about her experience in the program and the ways it has benefited her life. If you know this program is what you need and you are ready to dive in, go to 3 podcastcom slash Sam to reserve your spot. And if you're intrigued, but would like to hear more about the nine core principles that I teach in the SAM program, please join me in one of my free live masterclasses where we will talk about anger in motherhood and what we can do about it. Reserve your spot at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash free class, and both of those links will be in the show notes. I want to end by saying that it is the honor of my life that I get to work with such incredible women and help them to uncover more of themselves and feel like themselves again within their motherhood. I'm so grateful to Alicia and to each one of the almost 200 women who have gone through my program over the last two years. And I'm grateful to each of you listening for continuing to show up here and support my work. I am truly the luckiest. I hope to see many of you on Zoom in the coming days. And as always, I'm rooting for you. And I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.